Hi everyone, this is the Love Your Career podcast. I'm Lauren Severus, CEO of Love Recruitment and Love Care Recruitment. And the aim of this podcast is simple. We want to give you the best advice from industry professionals to help you grow and love your career. We want companies to be able to take guidance on improving their recruitment process and for individuals to pick up knowledge, hints, tips of how to progress their career. We do this by letting our guests tell their stories. Thank you for listening. Truly, we hope you learn to love your career. Welcome to the Love Your Career podcast. Today's guest is James Laurie, a big friend of Love Recruitment. Uh, we are, he's, he's the co-owner and operations director of the fantastic Your Personal Training business. Um, so much expertise, energy and passion and guidance comes through um, in this chat. Um, James is one of the nicest and greatest guys in the sector. We're very lucky to have him in the chair. He covers so much um, and really hope you enjoyed this conversation. Welcome to the Love Your Career podcast. Today's guest is James Laurie, Director of Operations. Um, thank you so much for joining us. Um, I'm so happy to have what I think is the nicest man in the fitness industry in the chair today. Before I knew you, I used to see you at events and I saw how kind of bloody nice you were. I wanted to really get to know you and now you're my mate which is really, really cool. We talk about business together and I'm really, really thankful to call you a friend and I'm really, really happy to have you in the chair today because I know your story, I know you and I think there's going to be so much knowledge and guidance in there, but not just knowledge and guidance. I think you'll deliver in a way that's going to be authentic and easy for people to grasp because that's how you talk, that's how you are and I'm really excited about today. Amazing. Thank you so much, Lawrence. It's a pleasure to be here. And um, yeah, likewise, it's been great to get to know you yeah. over the years. And uh, I'm excited for the podcast. Mate, it's going to be awesome. So, we'll start with the obvious question it's Love Your career, career podcast. Have you loved your career so far? You know what? It's, it's an easy one for me. Um, I've absolutely loved my career. Yeah. But more importantly, I've embraced every aspect of my career as well. I think over the years, you know, you kind of evolve into uh, a person. Um, and Things have been challenging. We've, there's been lots of lessons along the way, um, but I've absolutely loved every aspect—the good, bad, and the ugly—and hopefully, we'll uh, draw upon some of those today. It's so important to, to embrace everything so far, isn't it? That's a, been such a common theme: to embrace the positives and negatives, to make them all the positive because you're learning every, all the time. Hundred percent. Yeah. Tell us about your career so far. Okay, so um, if, if you can't tell by the accent, I'm from South Wales, <laughs> born and bred. So, um, I mean, I found my passion for health and fitness, I guess, playing rugby okay. uh, from a young age yeah. um, and, and was introduced to the gym at the age of sort of 15, 16. I really started to develop my confidence. I nice. think, you know, in, in my younger days through school, I was probably not the most confident person in the world, but rugby and fitness, it really gave me an identity. Um, so that's where kind of the passion and, and the burning desire started. Um, I studied at Loughborough University. Wow. So I started in 2003, uh, which as a Welshman was a lonely place. It's the, <laughs> it's the year England won the World Cup, of course. Um, very well. So, and, and again, that was an eye opener. You yeah. know, everything is bigger and better at, at Loughborough. And, of course, it was, it's phenomenal, isn't it? Oh, it's incredible, yeah. yeah. We had a fantastic time. You know, from an academic perspective, I was okay. Um, I think, you know, getting into Loughborough was predominantly down to rugby merit over academics, if I'm honest. Um, 
but as aside from the academics, I learned a lot about myself and yeah. I developed as as a, as a person as well. So I think that was a great learning curve, a great experience, um, and following studying um, my 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 degree. Um, I kind of finished university and thought, what's what's the next step? I know what I like, I know what I enjoy. And when you do a sports science degree, it's such a diverse subject range. There's yeah. no kind of clear path of where, where you go. So I followed my heart, I followed my passion. Um, my first role in the industry was with JJB Health Clubs back in the day. Um, and that was an amazing experience for me. Um, I, I just got stuck in, Lawrence. I, I just <laughs> thought, you know, I've, I've done my education. I love you know fitness. You know I love gyms, and I just got stuck in. So um, I worked with some great people. I think JJB back then were were ahead of the time. Absolutely. Um, we spoke about some of the, the the mutual friends we have from that background as well. We did, right? yeah. So there's some real talent in that business. Absolutely, hundred percent. So you know the likes of Alan, who's gone on yeah. and done amazing things, and Elaine, Elaine yeah, <laughs> Elaine, Mammy Fitness. So <laughs> I, I mean, I speak to Elaine on a regular basis yeah. now. Um, but Elaine really inspired me and gave me, again, confidence to become a leader amazing. within that role as well. What so, an amazing endorsement for her to have as well. She's on the podcast in a couple of weeks as well. Oh, that's great news. Yeah, it's Fantastic. really cool. Fantastic. I've actually about three times. Um, so carry on, I'm so sorry. Do you carry no, on? not at all. Um, so following JJB, I mean, I, th that was a great learning experience. I, I, I actually moved on from JJB to Esporta yeah. Health Clubs, um, which obviously we got some crossover. Indeed. Um, now, with the sport, I initially um, was uh, an exercise and lifestyle manager yeah. in a club in Bridgend, uh, which was an adults-only facility, and again, a different learning curve, a different type of facility to what JGB was offering. So, um, went into there, you know, buzzing to get stuck into my role. Lots of learnings within within that um, uh, within that cycle. Um, I mean, going back, Lawrence, on day one, I walked into my brand new office, which I thought, this is great, I've made it. <laughs> Got my own office. Um, and there were, there were six, um, there were six uh, letters on the table, which were grievances uh, about the way the, the management has been treating the staff over the years and this, that and the other. And I thought, well, this is interesting. Wow, what is to inherit? Yeah, this is different. But fully embraced it, um, hit it head on, lots of learnings you know, throughout that cycle. And the big thing for me there was reinstilling a culture and a belief in, in the brand and what we were aiming to achieve. Yeah. And we really saw that develop and grow. So that, that resulted in a promotion then and moved to uh, the Good Morgan Health and Racket Club, which was a bigger facility, more responsibilities. Um, and, and it was great. But as I evolved with this sport, uh, I felt I hit uh, a ceiling of opportunity. And I was actually spending more time in an office than being in the public eye and being with the members. So, did you have the classic ambition at that point? Did you want to go down that head of department, general manager, regional manager? Was that what you had in your mind, or was it not that which was one of the reasons for you? I, do you know what? I think I was going down that direction, but then I took a pause. Yeah. I thought, do I want this? Okay. And then I sort of re, re sort of evaluated where I was, and I, I actually thought, do you know what? I'm better than this. I, I want something different. And I went back to personal training. Um, at that time, uh, your personal training had picked up a, a, a contract in Swansea, working with Bay Leisure. Okay. Um, they were a very innovative, very innovative brand. They run the, the local leisure centre, but they also opened their first budget gym in Swansea. 
And I looked at that and I thought, this is, this is me. This is a bit of me. It's an opportunity. So I, I left my, my salary. I left my job. I had a daughter <laughs> on the way at the time as well. So it was a very high-risk strategy. But looking back, it was probably the best, best decision I've ever made. I went back to my roots. I went back to my passion. Started working with my clients. Um, and, and, yeah, forward, fast forward 10 years, here we are. I love that. It's really, it's funny when you do it. I love, I love doing this because you, you find some weird correlations. Like I've just realised another one. The amount of times people have said they've made big decisions like that when their personal lives were also going through something dramatic as well. Um, yeah. Ian Malane covered that. I mean, they just relocated his, his family to the south of France and they got a job offer to go to, I think it was Singapore. And, it, and then he had two children on the age of two at that. I think at that point. Um, when we started love, I, I started love, moved house, and had, had another child at that point as well. And it's amazing how you think these things happen. Yeah. Do you think, is, it, is that a bravery? Is that stupidity? What do you think it is? I think that's exactly the, the word. I think it's bravery. I yeah, think it's the ability it to back yourself. I think it you, know, is you, you, you look back on those and you think, wow, what was I thinking? Yeah. But you know what? Nothing would have happened without making those brave decisions. Thank you for pausing where you did as well. So it gives us an opportunity for me to ask the question. So how did it go from being at your PT, getting back to your passion, enjoying what you were doing, yeah. to the management buyout, to become an owner, to become a director? What, yeah. Talk us through that journey, if you don't mind. Of course, yeah, happy to. So um, going back, I started with your PT as, as a personal trainer, and then as the company started evolving, I was becoming more and more involved in the recruitment and then the mentoring of personal trainers. Yeah. So I'd look after a, a small region, which then grew to a larger region. Um, and my, my kind of bag was all about retention. So my passion was getting great people into the business, but then keeping them. Mm. Um, even though it was a really, it was, it was a point of concern for me that so many people were just churning in the industry. So I would spend a lot of time you know, with PTs in the early stages just developing their confidence, developing their, their skill set so that they could thrive and build careers as personal trainers. So I think that authenticity then kind of led us to an opportunity off the back of COVID where Aaron and I had the opportunity to take over your PT, which we grasped with both hands. Yeah. Um, it gave us the chance to instill um, some mechanisms into the company that we felt were needed um, it gave us the ability to control, you know, the direction of travel of the business. Um, and, you know, three years on, it's, it's been a journey, but we're... we're, we're still smiling. <laughs> I'm still smiling, 100%. But do you know what? When, when, again, taking over the company was a brave step. Yeah. Um, it was a brave step. So, you know, you look back and you sort of reflect and you think, oh, okay, that, that could have been a tricky situation but and do you look back on it seeing it that way do you not think almost the tricky situation is scary sort of at the time not until recently to, <laughs> to be honest i think yeah because, because we were so confident in our ability we we just it just made sense it made sense but also what you've got to understand is at the time we're coming out of covid very uncertain times and we still had 100 plus personal trainers associated with the brand okay it didn't feel right to me to not give those personal trainers an opportunity to get back into their clubs, to get back on you know a, a good standing, and to continue their careers, yeah. they would have been a dead stop. So it was an important piece for Aaron and I to take on responsibility and, and move the company forward. 
I feel a bit worried because I've got I've written down about nine <laughs> questions. And my 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 job is to do it in such a methodical way that it makes sense. I'm, okay. I'm, t- I'm I'm worried about how to do it. I'm just gonna, I'm gonna start with that and then I'm gonna work my way back. Yeah. You said about confidence in your ability was one of the reasons why you probably weren't scared or as scared as you could have been in that particular mm. time. There has to be a lesson in there. Has that happened over time? Do you think this that that confidence that you've got that belief in yourself yeah. that you've had? How has that happened? How has that evolved? Have you learned how to be better at that? Yeah, I think so. I think it's just by making mistakes nice. and, and learning nice. and reflecting. I think um, you know you you kind of go through this this journey of of becoming the best version of yourself, and I think through that there's lots of lessons and there's lots of mistakes you're going to make. Um, Have you always found it easy to find the lesson and being told the lesson to take the feedback? I I've I've always been open to receiving nice. feedback, good, bad, and indifferent. I have. Um, and, and embraced it because you know I'm very much a person who learns by their mistakes and makes sure that they don't happen again. So, um, 100%. But I think another piece in there as well is building your bank of resilience throughout that process as well. I think you know we're, we've become quite thick-skinned over the years, and I think that really helped in that critical moment. You know, when you look back, that's a moment in time which could have gone, you know, one of two ways. But I think having that resilience really helped us through. How do you, is that actually come from your upbringing? Just it's you to come from sport? Where do you think that yeah, comes from? I think everything's contributed yeah, um, to a degree. So certainly sport, certainly um, upbringing, family life, um, everything. As, as I love how you smiled when you said family life as well, by the way. Can we go back on a couple of things, if that's okay? Um, or, or back to when you said about university. I will promise I'll get to more, more personal stuff later on, I promise. But in terms of the confidence from sport about giving you a, giving you an identity. Yeah. That's an amazing thing. Do you, do you think that's quite a common thing people have for sport and even clubs and groups? It give, gives you identity, doesn't it, when you feel yeah. part of something? 100%, yeah. Um, you also said about university, about that's where you developed a university, when you almost found yourself almost. It's the exact same experience I had from university. Okay. really did. Why do you think that was? Why, was it the environment? Was it you around people more like you? What is it you think that was the reason you found yourself more at university? I think you, you get that independence. You you know you you're out there alone. Yeah. So you know Loughborough's a couple of hundred miles away from Swansea. <laughs> so, <yeah. laughs> um, but do you know what as well? My I I my wife and I have been together since school. Nice, believe it or not. So um, <laughs> we met at a young age, and I think having that stability really helped me as well. Yeah. So I could focus my attention on you know my academics and and development and. Um, that that was a really critical part, but the point around kind of um, confidence in a, in a team environment, in a sporting environment, I couldn't agree more. I think you you learn so much from being immersed in a team environment um, that you can apply to your career. Um, so I think you know I, I spend a lot of time these days coaching kids. Yeah. Um, so I coach under nines football and rugby. And you learn so much from from children, but also you see the dynamic of how their confidence grows yeah. in this team environment. Love that. So I think it's really important uh, for anyone to uh, you know develop those raw skills. You mentioned something that's really a really important thing for me as well. You mentioned about the pathway. So you left university; it was not wasn't really a clear yeah. pathway. So you followed your instincts. Do you think we need to be better as an industry? So we're still a relatively young industry when you compare it to other things. Mm-hmm. Those pathways still aren't that clear. In terms of what is open to people when they leave with different types of degrees, yeah. do you think our sector can be better at that? hundred percent. I think um, it, it, we we can be a heck of a lot better 
you know, in terms of finding a journey to fit that individual's yeah. aspirations. Um, I think, you know, looking back, I, I just assumed I'd go into something strength and conditioning based or sports development based. Yeah, um, that's, what I, that's what I thought as well. Yeah. I was convinced I was going to go to sports development. That was my thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I couldn't find a job in it. <laughs> <laughs> it's, that, that's the interesting thing. <laughs> it's normally one person, but they've been in that job for like 30 years, haven't they? So it's a tough, yeah, absolutely. tough one to crack. But, you know, all, all I can say with that is, you know, I just followed you know, what I wanted to do, my gut instinct and what I was passionate about and okay. that led me to, into our wonderful industry. Okay. I loved how you took us through your journey and your moves. Can I ask you about the reasons for moving between the certain roles you've had? Is almost, is your thinking when you're thinking about a move, when you went from JGB to a sporter, etc., is, do you always go through almost the same kind of thinking process at that point when you're thinking about a move? So, I guess, it's obviously a good thing, oh, you move because of money. It's not always as simple as that, is it? What was your thinking process when you've gone through the changes of companies and careers so far? Yeah, I, th I think it was more career development. Okay. Um, so that, that was kind of the, the reasoning behind moving. Yeah. Um, and the reason behind moving from a sporter to your PT as well, because there's no guarantee. I was yeah. walking into a self-employed situation with your PT. So, you know, rather than having the security, I thought, oh, do you know what? I can sacrifice in the security and I'm going to lead my own destiny. So that kind of got me into that process then of kind of building a, a self-employed business, essentially, which, um, you know, it's, it's tough in itself. Yeah, so fo focusing on, on the, the journey and the role and the career development rather than that pays me a bit more to go and do that. I think so, yeah. I've always been a firm believer in, you know, if you give quality and if you have the end user in mind from a service perspective as a personal trainer, you're in the service game, but if you're focused on that delivery, the finances for me take takes care of itself. Um, so they, they're very much a secondary byproduct to great service. Now it's time to pick your brain. I can't have you sat in the chair, just like I couldn't have Aaron when he, when he came sat in the chair and not have a conversation with you about, we phrase it the PT problem. So I, I use the same phrase with you as well. We've all, in the time that when I worked in the sector, to all the way through now, and I've only had one rare situation somewhere, one company we, I work, we work with don't have a problem, but everyone else still, still describes the ability to recruit and retain PTs as one of the hardest things they've got and they mm -hmm. have as part of their operations within their businesses. You are an expert in this, in our sector, arguably, the, the biggest expert we have in our sector right now in terms of that knowledge of how to do those things. Can I get your guidance and your advice on that? Firstly, do you perceive there is a still a PT problem in that regard in our sector? And, and some advice for businesses out there about how they can mitigate that? Yeah, no, it's a, it's a great question. We've been asked it a few times over the last okay. few years. But um, I mean, for me, we see PTs thrive every day. Yeah. Um, I mean, what, what my day-to-day -day role with your PT is, is praising some of the most successful PTs we've got across the country. We're doing amazing things. And it's also to pick the bones out of the ones who are struggling. Um, but I don't shy away from that. I speak to these individuals directly. I feel their pain, empathize with their situation. Um, so I've got to, what I've managed to get over the last few years is a deep grasp of what works well and when things are going wrong, what strategies can be put in place to help move that individual forward yeah um, but in in terms of personal training there's never been a better time to be a PT okay. I think when it comes to 
companies recruiting PTs, you've got to look at your value proposition. Yeah, so you've, you've got to look at what are you offering those PTs to get the best talent into your facilities. Um, we're living in a day and age where PTs are super versatile. They can deal with large audiences um, and they're highly skilled. You know, we, we do talent identify very well within your PT. So we, we, we look for the... You're really good at we, we, we try our best, we try our best, with your support of course. Um, we, you know, we, we really work hard on that onboarding kind of segment. So um, we believe that from a value perspective, we offer an enormous amount. So yeah. if you're an operator and you're thinking, you know, how do I elevate my PT services? You've got to go back to that detail and think what's in it for the PT. That value proposition is so, so important. You've got to go with that to a candidate. It's so, so important, isn't it? What can, if you're giving advice to businesses, obviously that don't benefit from your services, what, what advice could you give to them in terms of being able to recruit you've covered? If any more information on that, please, please do let us know. But also then the retention of them going forward as well. Because you mentioned yourself, I put in the vertical comments earlier, so many churn, obviously when you looked at when you first started, so many yeah. do churn still now. Yeah. You mentioned when you first started, it's still true now. Yeah. How can the companies reduce that churn? I guess by recruiting better in the first place. Yeah, you've got to go through your, your recruitment process 100%. But aside from that, for me, personal trainers should, should always be the heartbeat of their facility. So they should be the front and centre, member facing. Often we ask PTs to do other things which are taking them away from being servicing members. So, you know, they might be sitting in an office or cleaning treadmills or whatever it might be. Um, we've, we've kind of, you know, landed on this situation in some circumstances where. PTs are not playing to the best of their ability, um, and, and I think that's an important part when you know you're looking at your overall health, you know, um, impact model with with your PTs. Um, but they've got so much to give. You know, personal trainers got so much to give, and what we've come to understand is PTs want to be part of a team. So building, being around like-minded individuals is important as well. They want career aspirations, um, and they want financial reward, fair financial reward for their sweat and energy as well. Um, so hopefully there's a, a few lessons in there. <laughs> that does almost, I, I'm sure it doesn't, but I'm going to ask the question anyway, does almost the perfect PT model exist, do you think? Or does it depend on the club, depends on the demographic, depends on the location, etc, etc? It, it depends on all those variables and, and to a degree I think it, it does exist, it does exist. We've seen some you know really great examples of a working mechanic of, of personal training in gym facilities. Um, we've seen you know great penetration rates and, and, and things of this nature as well but it all comes back to my point of being the heartbeat of your facility. If your member journey is pushing your, your, your flow towards personal trainers and personal training interventions then the experience the whole member experience is going to be elevated as okay. a result you've given a brilliant comprehensive answer i'm now going to ask you for the one thing business owner runs their own franchise whatever it might be yeah struggling to struggling with, with the with, for pts to recruit to retain to make money out of pts what's the one thing one bit of advice you tell them um get a deep understanding of what your personal trainer wants so if, you, if you've got any internal talent and they have aspirations of becoming a PT listen to them ask them questions listen to them and and help them support their career development and they will repay you tenfold over 
Um, when you think about PT, a lot of operators get into the quandary of thinking just financial return. You know, if you, if you know, uh, PT's paying me six hundred pound a month, that's what I'm getting out of PT. But it's completely inaccurate. The the member impact is is the critical point. So I think if you're looking at the overall impact on the length of stay of your members, the experience of your members, walking into a facility that feels professional and is buoyant and people are enjoying themselves and getting great results, I mean, that's what you want. That's what you need to aspire to as an operator. So that would be my key tip. I love how your one thing is still comprehensive. It's still it. comprehensive, <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
you know, along the lines of um, navigating how to get past challenges. I think that's been the critical part, and that's helped me probably grow as an individual. But um, I think over the years as well, Lawrence, I've probably developed a knack of making calculated decisions as well. So I think you learn from your lessons, Love you that. bounce forward, and then as you kind of you know progress on, on your career journey or your business journey, um, you reflect yeah. and, and you make better decisions. Have you had um, good career influences on you during your career as well? Have you had people to learn from, to yeah. have mentored you? Can you tell us about some of those? Yeah, 100%. So from, from a business perspective, I'm, I, I find you know, I'm in a really fortunate position. Elaine from the early stages, Elaine Coulthard. I love how often Elaine's come up. Oh, yeah, she's a legend, absolute legend. So it, Elaine gave me so much confidence at an early stage. Um, I'm extremely thankful for that. So, um, you know, that, that, that's the sort of mentorship you want. In recent years, I, I've got to mention Jamie Lyne, Simon Ryan, who are our business partners, have been fantastic. You know, they've got a wealth of knowledge. They've been in the industry for, for a long, long time and have always been open to learning and have picked so much up from them over the last few years as well. I've got to mention Aaron as well. You know, I think Aaron, working alongside, you know, the, the co-owner of the business, we bounce off each other. We're like yin and yang. <laughs> He'll tell you that. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> um, but do you know what we've got we've got each other's backs and it's ultimate accountability there as well so I think that's really important and something that's really helped us uh, with our progress in the last few years I think anyone think about moving start a business I think it's okay to to look at sometimes that decision making that's going into it with somebody yeah. I know we've we spoke, we spoken about this um, away from the arena of a podcast and the importance of that dynamic that you and I have got um, yeah. Abby, I, and Tom have spoken about it as well, but the time that we've got as well when this business, and it's I, I couldn't do it without those guys. Yeah, um, I'm not the guy that could do it on its own. I think people think about doing stuff like that, the importance of doing it with someone. Yeah, don't underestimate how much value that can add to you and how important it is. Um, I like to explore where other p learnings have been for people, so where their career development, where their growth seeking has been in their career so far. So it leaves clues for other people. Are there books, podcasts, YouTube channels, or whatever it might be that you would recommend, or maybe have really helped you in your journey and knowledge and, and thoughts? Yeah, I, I mean, I've I've been you know a, a keen reader. I'm not an expert reader, but I've been a keen reader, and and more more kind of in tune with audio books these days as well. Nice, so okay. I'm, I spend a lot of time on the road, and audio books are a, are a good fit for me. But I've, I've probably gone full circle to be honest. The ones that stand out. Two great ones for me was Black Box Thinking. Have you read that? Yeah, absolutely. I love it. And that. the 10x rule. They kind of spoke to yeah. me. I was kind of, you Rock know, yeah, yeah, exactly. So they kind of spoke to me and, and resonated. Um, do you know what? I get a lot of kind of snippets from music. I know it sounds a bit weird. Doesn't at all. Yeah. Music really is really great. I think if you listen to the lyrics of certain songs, there's some life lessons in there. Um, being a Welshman, you'd probably expect that, wouldn't you? <laughs> oh, no, I love that because we had um, just called Mike Clare um, on an episode, and uh, he's the CEO for Junior Ventures Group. Um, yeah. He talks about a lot of his comes from movies and, and, and that, yeah. and he, he finds the lessons in there and uses that as a way to get across lessons through scenes. Absolutely. So you can, you can, music, whatever it might be, everyone's different. It doesn't have to be you go and go and look at the um, how-to guides in, in a bookshop. It doesn't have to be like that. Yeah. 
Yeah. You find your inspiration in lots, lots of I think places. so. It's diff different That's strokes amazing. for different folks. And I, and yeah. I mean, even like poetry as well. Yeah. Um, you know, my, my dad used to be big into like poetry. He used oh, to be nice. a runner. So he used to do marathons and, and this sort of stuff. But he was in a time where he didn't have earphones. So <laughs> he would go out and like recite poetry to himself. <laughs> but I, I mean, there's that. loads of lessons in there. Um, favorite poems, Leisure. If you've never heard that, check that out. Yeah. I can wholeheartedly recommend as well. The, uh, I concur with your recommendation about black box thinking as well. Yeah, it's I great. That side. It's a brilliant book. I remember reading it coming the next day to work and being so excited about yeah. it. So you've got to read this. It's absolutely brilliant. There's still a copy upstairs in the office now. It's absolutely <laughs> brilliant. I love, 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 love that book. Um, moving on to talk about, if we can, just a little bit more of those specifics around the job hunting, career progression, guidance we can give people. Yeah. One thing I've said over and over again on this podcast is this podcast is for two main groups of people. So people are looking for how they can move their careers forward, how they can do things better, and it's for businesses of how can they can interview better and how they can learn in their journeys. Let's start with people first, candidates first, almost. Yeah. What would be some tips you can give to people who don't necessarily want to jump off and go and put a CV out there and do different things, but they want to progress yeah. better internally? What kind of advice and guidance can you give them based on your journey and your experiences? Um, I think you've got to have a clear picture of what you want, first of all. Yeah. So I think that, that's, that's the critical part. You, you need to follow your own direction and not chase someone else's dream. Um, so you've got to be really sure about what you want, what your objective is. Um, I think you know, for if, if you're applying for a new role or if you're applying internally, key metrics for me these days are LinkedIn. Yeah. Keep your LinkedIn profile updated um, and show some of your successes on there as well. That is a great window, you know, to, that, that people sort of look through. And um, be careful on social media platforms as well. I think that's a key one. And I think a lot of people these days, you know, can come unstuck with, um, you know, voicing opinions. And nothing wrong with being authentic, being yourself, but just be careful when you're job hunting. a few times. I yeah. agree more. I think people um, really underestimate the impact of that. And thank you for pointing out. I think it's great advice. <coughs> um, you know I do my three things round up at the end of each episode. I'm up to four for you already. So, <laughs> so building the list. Yeah, now the down a little bit. Shows how good, how good an episode I think it is. Um, so that's some really good guidance for, for um, internal development. How about people thinking about I may not be uh, my future may not be here. I need to start looking um, elsewhere. So the first step logically for that is start to think about their CV. You've seen lots of CVs in in your role in Clubland and obviously now as um, when you work for your PT in terms of recruiting and retention yeah. and obviously as a business owner, what does a good CV look like? I think it's got to be punchy. Um, yeah. you've, you've got to really capture your personality on a page. Yeah. I don't think it needs to be war and peace. Um, bearing in mind, you know, if you're looking through you know, a lot of CVs, you, you need to stand out. And I think to stand out, you need a really good, strong opening statement um, just getting across exactly who you are and what you're all about because in in reality recruiters have just not got time they have not got time to read through reams and reams and writing so just be punchy be yourself um, get your point across early and I think that will probably set the tone as well for your interview um, to sort of say you know this is what I'm all about and and you lead from there um, I'm smiling so much because <laughs> I think I said that in my podcast as well 
people underestimated the importance of the open statement, the executive summary, which I hope you want yeah. to phrase that first part. Yeah. People think they just feel it's this generic rubbish. It's such an opportunity. I read every single one that's ever put in front of me. Yeah. It's really, really important. Thank you for that. Um, any no-nos on the CV? Um, <laughs> any no-nos? <laughs> I, I've seen some bad CVs. <laughs> I mean, be careful if you're going to put a picture on. Then make sure it's uh, <laughs> make sure it's a decent one, a professional one. There you go. You know, we we work in the personal training world, so you can imagine there's a lot of like competition, posing, and stuff going on on, yeah, on see the CVs those. and. Is it the right place? I'm not too sure, but where, where do you stand on the on the photo on CV? If yeah, it's the on the photo. if it's yeah, it, it depends on the photo. Again, you know, it, it probably tells me that the the, the person is is quite confident um, that you know they they're not um, you know they're not hiding anything. Um, yeah. So yeah, it it doesn't it doesn't sit with me as a as a negative. Yeah. Um, that said, it's probably not the first thing I look for on a CV. So um, yeah. Okay. So they have a CV with a decent photo on it that has a good, <laughs> the good open statement that's punchy. They now get to interview stage. Advice, guidance for people going into that interviewing sphere. What, what advice would you give to these people? Um, j just be yourself. I, you know, that, that's, that's the key bit, I think. You just need to be your authentic self when you're in front of an employer. And, and you need to you know, ask the questions that are pertinent to you. Um, because you know, you, you it's a two way street the interview yes, process, yeah. and I think you know as well as yes, you're being assessed, you need to ask the questions and you need to have the understanding of whether this role is right for you as well. Um, but yeah, you know certainly have have a clear picture in your mind of is is this the opportunity that is is correct and one that you want to pursue, um, and. Yeah, just just be yourself. Like, honestly, what more advice do you need to give than that? People, look, people, I think second guess themselves often for an interview. Um, just be you. Yeah, you see it time and time again. I think if you put a if you put a smoke screen up at an interview stage, you'll soon get found out. So you might as well just start off on the right foot, um, and you know, follow you know follow what is is meaningful to you. Yeah, and you won't go far wrong. Let's let's go to the other side. You we we highlighted earlier. Um, how good you ha are and have become at identifying great talent for your business. That yep. implies to me you've really looked at that process scientifically as well as emotionally about what, what works. Yeah. What advice can you give to businesses about how they can recruit and re recruit better? Rather than recruit and retain, how can they recruit better? Recru okay, so rec recruit recruiting better, you need to understand the success traits of what good looks like to you. So once you've established that, you can almost build kind of an avatar of what your perfect employee looks like. I mean, from our perspective, we we work on a, a PT success matrix, which is, is it's a very basic four quadrant process where we assess ability, ambition, accountability, and the application of the individual. Yeah. So there's, varying, there's various kind of questions within yeah. those segments, but we rate each quadrant so we can then identify where someone is high achieving and where someone might need support and how that fits then into our company ethos how that fits with our vision and values is where that connectivity kind of happens so the, you, you you need to sort of assess that and something that we do with our senior leadership team now is is we look at motivational maps so we we would give you know uh, an applicant 
uh, and motivational map to complete. So we can see what their personality traits are. And then we can see how they're going to fit with our team. You know, we talk a lot, we use football analogies quite a lot in our world. So we, we got our attackers and our defenders. We got our attackers who onboard and recruit personal trainers, and then the defenders who retain personal trainers. There's different characteristics and traits that are pertinent to each role. So by identifying the right abilities and skill set allows us as a business to optim you know, optimise our output. And now to five things for my business. <laughs> um, I love the science behind that. How did that come about, do you mind me asking? Was it, did, had, is it an, an, an evolution of a process to get more science behind identifying positively what those traits are and how they score in those quadrants? Yeah, absolutely. It's the, it, it was a learning cycle. Yeah. So I, I think you know, what Aaron and I are not afraid of is, is you know, assessing, pulling apart, kind of what's good and what's wrong uh, within our process. So that, that has been an evolution from lessons learned over the years. Um, and we, we've now landed at this point where we feel the talent coming into our business now is the best it's ever been because we are, we are strict, you know, and it, a lot of that comes under process as well. A candidate journey is is very important. So stop with this question, Bella. Yeah. <laughs> um, How it, important is that? Yeah, it's 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 vital. Um, we've actually got a ten stage process. You know, to become a PT within your PT, go through ten stages. Um, the byproduct of that is the candidate feels informed and updated at every stage. Yeah. They know exactly where they are, and we know exactly where we are as as part of that cycle as well. Um, there's a clear two-way process. So as well as us presenting opportunities, it's important for the candidate to make sure that the opportunity is right for them as well. Absolutely. And the key things we're looking for, all of our trainers need to be coachable, willing to work, and they need to fit the criteria of our PT success matrix as well, so that we've got the best people coming into our gyms. We've touched on it a little bit, but some bit trying to to probe slightly further, how important is the narrative as well about like the of, of, of what the opportunities are within your PT? How important is that? Yeah, I, I think full transparency is is critical. Um, you, you know, we instill from a very early stage company vision and values, and I think to to get your culture right within an organisation, you need to have mass buy-in. Um, so you know, we regularly liaise with our senior leadership team and with our PTs who are, who are basically on the ground. You know, these guys are doing tremendous work on a day-to-day -day basis of servicing members and you know, delivering fantastic health outcomes for, for our population. Um, so the, the, it's important for them to know that they're valued and that they're fairly rewarded and they've got a great environment to thrive. But aside from that then, we also a fully transparent of if you deliver X, Y, and Z, the opportunities that open up are X, Y, and Z. So we've got some great career development opportunities internally. You know, these guys can become master trainers, they can become tutors and assessors. Um, so this, this, the sky's the limit. And going back to why I moved from a sporter, there was a ceiling of opportunity. And that's something that we want to completely eradicate at your PT. Do you mind if I state an opinion? The, I, the narrative, the journey, the trace that you look for using science and having the process, none of that would be anywhere near as good as it is, if you don't mind me saying, without what seems to be 
the real discipline to implement it. You said about you're quite strict and you have that discipline. Is that one of the, is that almost the most one of the most important elements to it? You can have all the process in the world, but unless you have the discipline to believe in it and implement it in the right way, yeah, it's yeah. just an idea. Yeah, you you've got to be super disciplined, hundred percent. And I mean, you know, our recruiters, our, our regional directors and PT managers, they operate in an environment where they know Aaron and I have always got their back. So we'll always support them uh-huh. in their decision-making process because ultimately, you know, it's all about pride in the badge, yeah? So PTs are going into gym facilities all over the UK with the RPT brand on their chest. So they have to exude competence, professionalism, and have to carry the values forward okay. uh, to get the best outcomes. Love that. Thank you so much for your candidness and honesty around that. That was brilliant. Um, I, think I think we're up to six things now. <laughs> Last few questions, if, if I Yeah, may. sure. One of my favourite questions in this, and I've said this a few times, but this is generally one of my real favourite ones as well, is you are very senior in this industry. You go to all the events, you're incredibly well-liked, you're incredibly well-respected, which means you, I think you get more access to more and more good people. Are there common traits of highly successful, good people that you believe are highly successful and good people that you can look at and... and in, in, in off there, <laughs> I've asked that question really badly. <laughs> are there common traits of good people? <laughs> do, do you know what? I think in, in these industry events, the thing that stands out for me are the people who've got a thirst for knowledge and, and are continually learning. Yeah. So again, going back to that point earlier, what we try to instill is you need to be coachable and willing to work. And and you see people working tremendously hard and, and they are coachable. and. They're, they're thriving, they, send, they tend to be the leaders within the industry, but also I think they're the ones who've been around for a long time, so naturally they've built up this kind of long game in their mind. You know, I, I don't think, if you're coming into the fitness industry or any industry and you're looking for instant gratification, you probably need to, you know, have a, have a word with yourself. So. <laughs> um, people who play the long game and, and, and genuinely care as well, I think, yeah. are, are key traits that stand out from the leaders that we see in, in our industry. Thank you. Well, last proper question for ask you for a recommendation for future guests. It's if you could give advice to your 21 year old self, that young man, what advice would you give to him? I think for, for me, it's um, just to be brave. Um, I, I tell my kids every night, you know, that they're great, you know, just the way they are. And my, my efforts there are to try and build their resilience bank, you know, for years to come. They're going to get knockbacks, yeah? So that, that's inevitable. But I think, you know, going back to my journey, how I built confidence with, through sport, how I built confidence through JJB, then into a sporter, to running, you know, our business today, it's, it's all been a learning journey. And, and there's, there's bravery at every point of that as well. Yeah. So, you know, I, I go back and just reinstill in my belief system to back yourself and be brave I love how we circle back to one of the first points we made Um, thank you for that Um, we always like to ask our guests if they who they recommend would be a great future guest for us and love your career if you could recommend somebody who would it be I've mentioned this lady a few times so it's not (laughs) going to come as a surprise I mean Elaine would be amazing I think you might already have she is well that's great news I look forward to tuning in um, but aside from that, I, I, you know, our business partners, Jamie, Jamie Lyon, Simon Ryan, they would be fantastic. I mean, they're, they're you know, unsung heroes a lot of the time. You know, they, they don't see them a lot at 
big industry events, but they do some amazing things. They nice. run some incredible facilities and the culture that they've instilled in their teams that they work in is, is top class. Um, so there's certainly some lessons there as well. Thank you so much for your time today. Um, I said to you when you arrived this morning, I was so excited about this episode, I have been for a while about having you in because just the way you deliver messages, I know the knowledge is obviously there already, but how you deliver it, I was so excited about that and you've exceeded expectation. So thank you so much, I've thoroughly enjoyed the last hour. It's been amazing. Really grateful. Thanks so much, Lawrence. Awesome. Well, I hope you loved that episode as much as I enjoyed um, taking part of it. Um, as I think I mentioned in the episode itself, there were probably seven or eight things I could have done here. But for, for me, my three takeaways from this episode are as follows. Firstly, to have him on the episode and not get his advice around how to develop and, 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 and help PTs in our sector and help businesses to retain or recruit them better would have been a huge error. And I think he articulated that brilliantly. There's so many learnings in there for people who are um, experiencing yeah, issues of recruitment and retaining PTs and the PTs themselves to how to do the job better. I thought it was brilliant. Um, my second point um, was around how they've added so much science to their recruitment process, their recruitment of PTs to their operations and how extensive it is while still being a pleasure to be part of. I thought that was a hugely important section um, and I really enjoyed that particular part of the conversation. I will be referencing that in future conversations I have with clients. And my last one of how in the, the, the observation about how great um, uh, some people are in terms of willing to learn and how important it is to the people he, he really respects in the industry are the ones that are really always wanting to learn and keep on learning and keep kicking on. I thought that was brilliant. So thanks very much for, for listening to this episode. Hope you enjoyed it. This is the Love Your Career podcast. The point of this podcast is simple. Listen to leaders, their stories, and improve your career.